Well, I have a one-line sermon from John the Baptist for all of you. Be satisfied with your wages. <laughs> I'll bet somebody didn't like that, that particular uh, piece of advice. Uh, he meant our wages are yet to come, right? Real wages are, are, are paid in human faces, and, they, and those last forever, that whom we touch others. And what better season than this to think about that truth? It's better to give than to receive, our Lord said, said St. Paul. Well, today we, we're looking at what is rejoicing and joy. And um, one thing, they are two different things. Joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit that cannot be manufactured. Rejoicing is a choice that we make in the midst of life's ups and downs. Uh, neither is dependent on feelings. One can have a Christmas that may not be to our liking and still have the joy of knowing our salvation, that Christ is present in our poverty as part of that theme of Advent and Lent is the emptying out that's required for God to fill us. So rejoicing is a choice. Joy is a gift of, you know, of knowing that we have done the right thing, that God is with us, whatever, but neither one is necessarily a feeling. Feelings often come along, but sometimes God takes those feelings away, not only to test us, but to Help us to love him without being bribed. That's called spiritual maturity, and it comes to all of us if we walk with the Lord and are, at any sense of the word, beginning to advance in the spiritual life. Don't think just because you don't feel joy that you don't have it. Joy is completely different than the level of feeling. It's the same thing as marriage or priesthood or anything else we're committed to. We're not always joyful. We are not always feel joy especially this week for me, but, um, you know, but, but yet we do have joy because we're doing God's will. Well, I was, somebody reminded me yesterday, changed my um, example of the week uh, as something that took a while to rejoice in, and that is a story about crab cakes. <laughs> crab cakes. It's a great day for fish. I'm wearing a salmon-colored vestment and talking about crab cakes. It's salmon colored. <laughs> Confet- I have many confession times, Kathleen. Make sure and use one next week. And go to- wait till the end, would you? Um, I'll say no more. As in long. Um, when I was new here, um, the rectory did not have a garbage disposal, if you can believe that. It, well, it's so, the house is so old, I don't think they were invented. But anyway, Tom Brogan of Happy Memory was here, and he put one in, but the pipes really are too small, really, to handle a garbage disposal. That's the backstory. But somebody gave me crab cakes. Now, I'm, I spent four and a half years in Tillamook, where crabbing is definitely high on the list. It's fun to watch that, but I don't like crab. And I'd get these crab deals, and I'd give them away to very happily, I very happily give those away and make people happy. Well, I got some crab cakes here. Please don't give me crab. Uh, I have plenty of it at 8.15 in the morning. I don't need any more crab. (laughs) So anyway, I got these crab cakes with every intention of giving them away, and I just forgot about them, and I hope the person that gave them to me many years ago, and not here, but... Um, they sat in the back of the fridge like all bachelors and sat there with the stuff turning green, you know, had penicillin growing back there. So eventually it was too late and I had to throw them out. 
What a smell. So I, I put them down the garbage disposal. Well, it had been a while since I'd had one, guys. Um, Tillamook didn't have one either. Some things you only do once in a life. That's all I have to say. So I'm, I'm, there are about 10 of them, you know. I'm feeding them, and as everything's going well. You know, slowly I'm feeding these things down the garbage disposal. I look out the window. It's raining crab cakes. <laughs> Literally. They were, people tell me that this is impossible, but not the way it was hooked up. <laughs> the individual who hooked it up put, must have attached the wrong pipe because they were coming out of the vent, you know, this in every kitchen. Now, what that vent is attached to, I still don't know, but, but in my house, it's attached to the garbage disposal. Crab cakes are raining down in front of the window. I thought, what the heck is that? Well, I didn't know what it was until I finished my duties. Then I found out that wasn't the only place they popped out. They also came up in the washing machine tub. Oh, yes. Mr. Brogan had to take the entire thing apart and take it out of the closet. Uh, the bathtub got some of them. The toilet got some of them. Only the faucets at, on, the, on the wall of the outside of the house were spared crab cakes. I had to move out. Boy, did they smell, smell bad. Mm. Uh, I was not happy, and I did not rejoice over that at all, but I did learn something about um, what not to do, right? But later on, um, it's funny about that, that it's trivial compared to what we go through in life, actually, but it's funny looking back at it. It wasn't funny at the time. Boy, did I raise a stink about that. But <laughs> I better quit. Um, one could go on. I was in a pinch, you know. Um, anyway, um, looking back at it, I can tell you, on more than one occasion, I mean, I had a bad day or something, I look out the window uh, from the sink, and uh, I see those crab cakes raining down, and I, I smile about it. I said, you know, this, this turned out to be a really good thing, because it's awfully funny um, when you look back at it. Life is full of crab cake moments, isn't it? So I'll go, you'll say, I'm having a crab cake moment. I'll laugh later, you know. It's like a bride at a wedding where something really goes bad, but then she gets about 5 million hits on Facebook, and it kind of works out better. At the time, she thought, I spent all year planning this, and I once st st stepped on a bride's train on the way out, and it came off in the aisle. But she got a lot of hits on Facebook. I'm still waiting for a thank you, however. When life deals us crab cakes, we tend to not want to thank God, but our Lord tells us very clearly, I should say, St. Paul tells us very clearly, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. When Advent comes, and much less so Lent, I get into this, and forgive me, this bah humbug mood, because, because not only is there a lot of work to do, but people often die at this time of year. I had seven trips to the hospital last week, and I'm not complaining. It's people's lives are very, it can be very difficult for people. And uh, in the midst of all this, now I'm going through my own, grief and loss bit this year, a little bit. And there's just a lot of work to do, a lot of confessions. Um, they're hard for us, but they're also, I'll tell you, it's not, it's something where, um, you know, you kind of dread it when it's going to be a few hours at a penance service personally, but there's a lot of joy when we're doing it. 
It's, it, it's a funny thing. Joy is not a feeling, but it's that great sense of, of joy that you can be a part of somebody's healing. Uh, there's just nothing like it. And I think the same is true. We go through all this stuff. Those of you who have gift exchanges at Christmas, we work real hard on it. And there's nothing more joyful than seeing that it, something hit home and somebody was really happy with, with what we cooked or just our presence. And um, it can be, you know, family gathering can be a source of stress, but later perhaps something good has come out of it. And our Lord um, invites us into his family, into his poverty. This has been the theme really of all of Advent as we approach the nativity is it's what we give to others that makes us happy. Christ comes with nothing. He, he has given everything away to us. You know, the irony is we, we go all out exchanging gifts, but when our Lord comes, what do we give him? He wants to give us a gift. All he wants from us is to remember him on Christmas Day like so many do not. This is an interesting setup. This came about, we had a conundrum. Jim fell off a ladder, I don't know, two weeks ago, I think, or something like that, two or three weeks ago, right here, and we didn't know how it was going to turn out. He was told it would be a month out. That's why I mentioned to you we might need some help, but it turned out the doctor said almost miraculous. He's back and walking around. It was halftime last week, and so we didn't want to bug people putting up the rather complicated crutch that we have usually over the baptismal font. So um, the happy idea came to put it here. And I think it's good for us to contemplate it face forward for a change and keep the baptismal font open, which technically that should be the case theologically. But so every, every week we're putting different doodads in there. But the point of it is... Uh, Last yesterday afternoon, I came over here. We had a baptism. I made sure that the priest that they'd asked to come over was actually here. And so uh, I saw that he was. And I got a glimpse of this, and I thought, how perfect to have the manger under the altar. See, the, it was explained to me, the arches are going to represent the cave this year. See how it's, it's pushed in a little way. That's the cave of Bethlehem. Ready-made crutch, huh? But what... I've said this many times. What does Bethlehem mean translated into English? House of bread. What are we doing right above the crutch? Bread and wine, body and blood of Christ. What gift is he giving us? Himself. What better place to have a crutch than right under the altar, which is in fact the top of the cave? And this is where we're headed. And that kind of insight gives us joy even in the worst of circumstances. St. Saint, Saint Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. And at this time of year, it seems like everything takes it away. How do we find joy? Some of you are having a terrible Christmas, Advent, excuse me. And I heard, oh, some awful things, um, even at the dentist's office and getting a couple of gold crowns put in. That's my retirement plan. If I run out of money, I can take those off and sell them. <laughs> I'm going to have a. I'm making somebody rich with all these deep bit. But it, you know, some a, a, a really terrible story came up about a, a, a grief and loss thing at Jefferson High School. If you know what that is, I won't go any further. And uh, golly, and and all kinds of illnesses and losses and how do we find joy in a world like that? People missing at Christmas, can't afford the presents, you know, and. Um, but we know where we're going. And when we have that walk with God at the end of our lives, 
He's going to say, yeah, I let you go through this, but here's how I worked it to good in your life. Somebody left you. This was for your good. See, I make all things new. Didn't you know I was with you? Didn't you read the scriptures? Didn't I tell you that everything in the world is temporary? That nothing lasts but me. I was giving you a share in my own passion. I wanted you to understand something about me. He'll explain it later. In the meantime, joy is a gift. We can't manufacture it. Rejoicing is a choice that we make in difficult circumstances. Lord, I don't understand. I don't feel good about this. I may never feel good about this. But I rejoice that you are here. I rejoice that you're still in charge. I rejoice that even this you will make to good, even as you made your own crucifixion. The worst event in human history became our salvation. And that's the secret to rejoicing and joy. I had a, a real good chance to practice this this week. You know, I'm Tillamook, there are many benefits to living on the coast. The weather is not one of them. And the other is a lot of, there's a lot of slow pokes on the road. Now, you know how patient I am in driving. When you get, get past uh, Valley Junction out here, there's always a, a hay truck, a log truck, a milk truck, or an RV waiting for you. And when they get to the passing lane, they floor it. You know that type? I had to go to confession many times over this. So, you know, there's always a log truck. Oh, there's a working mill down there, you know, and, uh, which is a good thing for the community. It's a real good paying job. One of the few that pays, still pays really good. So, anyway, there was a, either a derailment or something overturned last week out down here on Front Street. And uh, I didn't hear about that, but I sure got caught in the results. A day later, I'm on commercial coming back from my good deed, my sixth or seventh trip to the hospital. You know, you're feeling that joy of that sacrifice. cut, And it, they, somebody in a yellow vest, not from Paris, <laughs> stopped, stopped traffic. I thought, what the heck is this? I'm near the front. I said, Lord, I know it's you. What is this? The timing was too good. It had to be, it had to be me, you know. So what was it? Eight log trucks. One, two. I could have said a Hail Mary between each one. <laughs> I guess they weren't used to making a left turn. Three, four, and I'm saying, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> After that, it was confession time. You know, not really, but... but I had to laugh at the end of it. I was having a crab cake moment, you know. It was like, I said, Lord, didn't I learn this lesson in Tillamook? He said, no. <laughs> Let's face it, don't we all get behind log trucks at this time of the year? How many people were trying to get, I heard this, I, uh, the gentle, the priest that was coming for the, for the, for the excuse me, baptism, thank you, um, got caught at Kaiser Station. Uh, apparently it was, paralysis out here. Wonder why? You waited too long to buy those presents. But in the midst of that sort of thing, we get stopped. What is life really all about? In my case, it was, look, what is life if not visiting a sick person? It's not about you. What is life if we get stopped while we're waiting to buy presents? Why are you here? You're here to make somebody else happy, not for yourself. 
And suddenly you have a sense of joy. I'm here to make somebody happy. I'm willing to do this this week. I'm going to battle these crowds. It's partly your fault for waiting so long, but God has a message for us in the midst of this. Somebody took my relative. Well, think about that banquet in the kingdom of heaven. may have been natural, may not have been, but we have hope. We're people of hope. And this is a week of hope. Uh, Nobody worked any harder than me this week or any of us priests. And uh, it's a tough time to be a priest, too, I'll tell you. But there's a lot of joy in it. You know, it's the best life in the world. All of us have it. Best life in the world. If we only know how to look at it. Uh, God has a great plan for you and I. It may not look like it. This sure didn't look like a good plan. Again, think of Mary on the back of that donkey, nine months pregnant. I don't know what she was expecting. Not the Hilton, but I'm sure she wasn't expecting a cave. Or having to hot foot it to Egypt for a short period later. And so on. But out of that, poverty is our salvation. That's the dynamic that brings us joy, and the, the method is rejoicing, and all of us need to practice it, no less than me. And so we ask God to give us that, that spirit of joy and the choice of rejoicing, as Mary was said to have spoken. We all rejoice in heaven. Rejoice with us.